You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year, August 3rd through the 5th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you to transform your thinking from small to big. And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the eWomen Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Whether you are at the end of your rope or have already let go and landed in a place you feel you can't get out, I will have you believing one thing. You can. In life, we get to make choices. You choose the life you want to live. You get to say how it's going to go. We can choose to create a life we love or we can choose to suffer. You have a say in how your life is going to go. First, you have to face them, and we all need a little help from time to time doing that. Visit my site, fixandrise.com, and receive a complimentary motivational ebook today. Welcome to Women Who Triumph. On today's show, we have Donna Reed, speaker, coach, and founder of Teabags, Teach Boys and Girls Success. Donna, I'm looking at your book right now. It says, Life is a Puzzle Until You Find the Missing Piece. Can you share what that means to you and share it to, to the world? Absolutely, Christine. And thank you for this opportunity to share this platform with you, with women who triumph. It has been a journey, but it has been a blessed journey. But not always did I see it that way. And not always did I understand it, I'm sure, like a lot of other women when you're going through. But once you see the outcome, then you see how you can reach back with others. And so my book, Life is a Puzzle Until You Find the Missing Pieces, came about just for that reason, because there was a time in my life where I was looking for what is missing. And it started because my um, biological mother, I was adopted, my biological mother left me in the hospital when I was born And she had uh, told them that she was going to come back and get me, which she never did. And my biological mother was white. My biological father was black. And so during those times, it was in the 50s. And during those times, that wasn't an easy situation for her. And so I ended up in several homes. And then when they would find out that, you know, I was light, very light skinned. So when they would find out that I wasn't white, then I ultimately ended up in an orphanage. 
And from that orphanage, my mother who raised me walked in and um, as a result of a conversation with one of her uh, social worker friends and said, when she saw me, it just took one look. And she called my father and said, we're about to have a little girl. And the interesting thing is they were in their mid forties at the time, which a lot of times in life, I couldn't understand like what would make somebody in their mid forties actually take on, you know, like an 18 month old. And so there I was, um, had the greatest upbringing you could ever imagine. I mean, I had everything that uh, one could ever ask for in life. I had your um, love. I had discipline. I had my toys. I had, you know, my needs were met. Didn't desire for anything. But all throughout uh, growing up, my mother always uh, reiterated, don't ever um, resent what your mother did. Don't ever look bad at what your biological mother did because we were blessed by by having you in our lives. And so I never did. But I also never had a desire to search for them because I had everything. There were no voids in my life. So I had everything. And so with that, um, I when I turned 18 years old, I thought I was grown like most young people do. I left home. And when I left, my parents thought I were going to go around the corner and then just come back, you know, a week later, like, oh, yeah, I see it's not easy out here. But I didn't. I left and I went from Hartford, Connecticut to Beaufort, South Carolina, a thousand miles away. Again, with the upbringing that I have, just being encouraged all through life that I could be anything I wanted to be, that I could face anything that came my way and I would be the one who would, you know, come out on top. I've always believed that. And so when I was getting ready to take this journey a thousand miles away, I was leaving with confidence. What I didn't know was what was really in the world and what I was really getting ready to face. But when I went in thousand miles away on a Greyhound bus, I had left two jobs, a bank account in my car. And no, sorry, I took the bank account with me, <laughs> but I had left when I left the, uh, my two jobs in my car behind. I got to South Carolina. And I called home, collect, of course, to tell my parents that I had made it safely. Now, again, I'm thinking nothing of this journey. I've been equipped throughout my life, you know, to be the best I could be. To You know, I was the top and not the bottom. I was the head and not the tail. So I, you know, I felt very equipped. Didn't realize 18 years old, I really knew nothing. So I called home to tell them that I had made it safely. South Carolina, which my grandmother lived down there, but I didn't intend on living with her. And um, my mother was so upset at me that in the heat of the moment, she said to me, in the 40 years I've been married to your father, I never seen him cry until you walked out that door. She said, I want you to just forget you have parents since you think you're so grown. And Christine, I stood there and it literally was a defining moment in my life because I stood there at 18 years old thinking I knew everything, holding a receiver to the only people I ever knew, to the only people I knew I could fall back on if anything didn't work out, I could fall forward to if I stumbled along the way. And yet I was being told that this is it. Since you're grown, you're, in, you're by yourself. Handle it. And even though they did not stay mad, probably even past that, that conversation, I didn't know that. 
And so when I did find the courage to hang up that phone, I hung that phone up with determination that I was going to be successful, that I was going to be everything that I felt I could be and everything they told me I could be. And so I stepped out of that telephone booth in a world by myself at 18 years old. And it would be at that moment in my life that I would realize that that's how a 18-year-old who is aging out of foster care feels, one who doesn't have family, one who is in the world by themselves, one who is now 18 and the world is saying you're an adult and so make adult decisions. And I knew nothing. And so I began to think of how they must feel because, of course, I was around the foster care and adoption system because that's how I grew up, even though I never felt that way. It was the reality. And with that moment, I was like, wow, where, where do I go from here? And so ultimately at the ripe old age of 18, five days before I turned 19, I got married. <laughs> I married somebody who I had recently met. He said, you know, he would cherish me for the rest of my life and take care of me. And I made the same promise back to him. He didn't know anything about being a husband. I didn't know anything about being a wife, but yet we stood there and said to each other, let's do this. And so I thought that was my security blanket until I found out that he would be the one that would abuse me on a regular basis. I didn't know anything about abuse. I had never grown up around it. I had not ever witnessed divorce or anything angry or anything like that. So I felt like I had to like stay there and really like battle this thing through. And so at 19, um, at, well, actually 20 was pregnant and my first baby at 20, second at 21, third at 22 and 23. I was in the world by myself again. I had left that abusive relationship when he tried to kill me. And so with that, here I was now looking for the next piece of my life, looking for the next piece of the puzzle. What's next for me? Well, when I escaped from him and literally escaped from him, I tell that story in my book. It took me nine months to plot and plan without him knowing it. And then putting my babies into a U-Haul truck. Um, when the day he went to work, I had the whole neighborhood come over and help me pack up a three-bedroom house down in Texas. Then we were had moved in Texas because he was in the military and escaped from him. And I drove that truck from Texas, Fort Hood, Texas, all the way back to Hartford, Connecticut. I took an 11-day journey. <laughs> and the reason why I took uh, that long is because I, I had 11 days with the truck and I didn't know when I was ever going to like see another vacation or anything like that again. So I took my time and came up that road. And when I did and I got to Connecticut, I arrived there only to find out that my mother, who had raised me, my mother, who was everything in the world to me, had been, uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And this was in the early 80s. It was very, very new. People didn't know really what it was. And there was a doctor telling me that she was going to lose her memory. And it was just like, it was just unreasonable. Um, it just didn't even make sense to me. But if this was something that was really going to happen, what is something that she always wanted that she could see before she forgot that she could, you know, be a part of before she forgot? 
My mother always wanted me to find my biological family. I had no desire, but because of the, what, the situation and what was happening at the time, I went and I searched for them. And it would be during that search, Christine, that I would find out that life was so great for me and that I was so blessed by the many things that, that and, the, and the things that were instilled in me that when I began that search for, again, another missing piece, that I just thanked God for the day that my biological mother left me in the hospital because they, the, what I found was nothing that I would have ever wanted to be a part of. It was nothing that I ever would have been successful in. It was just not good circumstances. And so with that, I realized that God had really had me the whole time. Those footprints in the sand were his. And it wasn't about me, but it was all about him. I had faced during that time, Christine, um, I began to drink because I was taking care of my parents. I was taking care of my little ones. I was trying to take care of a household. I began to drink on a regular basis as a comfort until one day I found out that that alcohol had more control over me than I had over it. I had literally drank for 20 years before I had been and smoked cigarettes before the day that I was literally delivered from them both. And when I say delivered from them both, it was the day I sincerely asked God because I had already started making arrangements for my own funeral. That's how bad my health was, my breathing and everything. I had asked God to sincerely, I sincerely asked God to take it from me. And he did. And I never desired it again. And it would be at that moment that I would know that everything that I had been taught, that I could be the, you know, I would be the, uh, I would have victory if I believed it, if I moved forward and believed it, that I would triumph. And, and I did. And so it was a lot of, lot of circumstances that brought me to that book, Life is a Puzzle Until You Find the Missing Pieces. I faced abortion. I faced uh, abandonment, I faced neglect, abuse, you know, um, and, and then some other tragedies along the way. But through them all, I knew that he was with me and I was blessed beyond measure when I found, you know, when I looked back over my life and I really looked things over, I could truly see that I had the victory in every situation. And so today I encourage women. I coach women because I literally um, ended up on welfare and I ended up handcrafting my way off of welfare because the one thing I had that I knew I had from the time I was little was creativity in my hands. I could make anything. And I began to make crafts when my kids were little. They were underneath the table while I was conducting business over the table. And I, because I ended up on welfare when I left um, my husband, I ended up handcrafting my way off of welfare into a business and I've never looked back. And so it has been a blessing. And now I coach women in, um, that are starting up, starting over or starting to grow their businesses. And as a result, my daughters and I um, started an organization called Tea Bags when they started designing bags and all their names begin with T and they started um, designing tote bags. So they called them Tea Bags. And then we took the family concept and started Teabags Teach Boys and Girls Success. 
We began to teach young people how to develop their skill and talent to a level of success with an entrepreneurial emphasis. And now we provide that entrepreneurial training and resources to teens, transitioning them from foster care adoption and high school to a generation of leaders. And we do that through the National Family Empowerment Conference. And so I know I've said a lot. I know I've covered a lot, probably nowhere near what um, the book covers or what my real story is. But I'm praying it is enough for women to know whatever it is you are going through, you will triumph. You will have the victory. You have to keep believing in yourself. You have to keep moving forward and don't allow anything that comes your way that does not fit the blessings in your life to be in your life. I have a two-word prayer, Christine, that I, I share across the country when I speak, and it's called Reveal and Remove. And anything that comes my way, I ask God to reveal to me what it is and remove it if it doesn't belong. And I promise you, he does the work. I don't even have to do it. So with that, I just encourage every woman, every person who is listening to this, every young person, whatever your situation and your circumstances, Donna, thank you so very much for sharing your incredible story with us today. If the listeners wanted to get a hold of you uh, for any speaking engagements or coaching, how would they get a hold of you today? Uh, thank you as well, uh, Christine, for having me. It is Donna at DonnaLeeReed.com, and that's L-E-E-R-E-E-D. Donna at DonnaLeeReed.com, and they can visit my website as well, DonnaLeeReed.com. Again, thank you, Donna, so very much for your incredible story and sharing your journey with us today. And I look forward to, you know, working with you more in the future. Thank you so much. Whether you are at the end of your rope or have already let go and landed in a place you feel you can't get out, I will have you believing one thing. You can. In life, we get to make choices. You choose the life you want to live. You get to say how it's going to go. We can choose to create a life we love, or we can choose to suffer. You have a say in how your life is going to go. First, you have to face them. And we all need a little help from time to time doing that. Visit my site, fixandrise.com, and receive a complimentary motivational ebook today.